Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and I am pleased to announce that we have uh, the next two episodes of SEO 101 will be clips from MozCon 2014 in Seattle. I just got back from uh, an awesome conference, and while I was there, I made sure to do some on-site interviews of some of the best speakers that were there. Um, some of the other ones I wasn't able to actually connect with, so these weren't the only good ones, but uh, I think you'll be very happy with who we've got on the show. And, uh, well, we've got lots of good intros, and I think you'll, you'll get to know them a bit better. And they also have uh, some details for you to, to uh, connect with them and follow some of their other work on an ongoing basis, because, frankly, they're all definitely people to follow. So I hope you enjoy, and stay tuned for more. I'm here with Dr. Pete Myers, and Pete is the marketing scientist for SEO Moz. He's one of three, I believe, and uh, uh, thanks for coming today. Hey, thanks, Russ. Good to see you. Yeah. This is, we're at MozCon 2014, and uh, it's day one, having a great day, and I uh, wanted to ask Dr. Pete about a few of the uh, things he's going to be talking about tomorrow morning for his keynote. Hey, not bad. All right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, um, I think it's content strategies. Yeah, I'm trying to talk about sustainable content strategy, and uh, it's a little different for me because people expect the hardcore Google chasing algorithm stuff, and kind of what I want to get across is that all of that for me is content marketing, that what got all that started, what got me generating data, what got me interested is how do I create content in a sustainable way where I can keep something interesting going without having to start from scratch all the time. And so I don't think people see my work that way, and I want to spin that angle on it and try to challenge them to do that where for me i wake up every morning and there's content waiting for me and because i've built that investment into this data platform and this thing that generates insights and i i've tried to pitch this before and people look at it and they say well i can't do that you know i'm not a data scientist i'm not a developer i don't have that background and so i i kind of pitch my talk as sort of a reverse auction i'm trying to take them from this very demanding level that maybe they're going to say no to, down step-by-step step to strategies that are similar, but maybe that you don't have to be so technical to implement. So things like being a subject matter expert, things like finding repeatable patterns. You know, I use an example like Whiteboard Friday, where we basically do the same thing every week, but because we've invested in it, we've been able to get better, and we know what to expect, and every Friday we know what we're going to do, and people know what to come for and they get mad, you know, if it's not there. And so it's great for us because it's gotten easier over time and we've gotten better and the investment and the equipment and all the things we need have paid off. But every time it gets a little easier too. And so the quality bar remains pretty high, but we're not trying to struggle every week for what do we do on Friday. Right. So I think there are these patterns and I'm trying to get people to think about that as, a, as creatives and not necessarily as data people. Now, the good segue, because I was going to say, you're really known for data. Right. Yeah. So are you tying it into the data to show just how this kind of content has, has improved uh, return on investment or at least uh, um, acquisition, all that sort of stuff? On yeah, I'm going to talk about some of my projects like the algo history and how by it being out there for three years and being evergreen, how that's really helped us capitalize when big things happen and how we've 
we've really benefited from it being out there early and kind of challenging ourselves to do this scary thing and not waiting until maybe we had all the expertise or we're ready. And so that's going to be a message too, like why I think you need to get this out there now and invest and how that pays off dividends over time. Uh, I'm being a bit of a perfectionist. I know what you're talking about because I I have a heart. I've got lots of startups that I just don't want to put out until they're ready and and, they're never ready. No, and if you are, someone has already beaten you to it. Uh, it's my worst Achilles heel, you know. The first third of my talk is <laughs> okay, <there we> go. <laughs> trying to get over that. And, uh, and getting into I spent a lot of time with uh, writers in the last couple of years. With, I have some fiction writer friends, and I've met their friends, and now their communities, and I'm in them. And they've got me thinking about content differently and storytelling. And they have a passion that I think we don't have because sometimes we... You know, my client's boring, and i got to write more stuff. And, I gotta, and you know, we're very... We take what we do as creatives for granted. You know, we do something that's kind of exciting and cool, and we get paid for it. And there are all these writers out there who would die to get paid what we do to do <laughs> to create. And I want people to think like that and kind of learn some of their tricks and learn how to keep these ideas alive. And so, I guess a good case question would be: uh, Let's say I've got a, a an article that did really, really well a couple of years ago. I know people are still going to, but it's starting to dwindle. I'm starting to see less engagement. I mean, people aren't sharing it as much. Would a person, based on what you've seen, would a person be best to just revise that article and update it and then perhaps post a link to it in their blog? Or would it be better to create a new article and a new post and a 301 redirect the old one to the new one? What do you think? I think it's very contextual. I mean, we've seen a little bit of both. I think if there's a way to just go in and put in new information and that's enough, then sometimes you can get that little boost. But if if it needs a rewrite, something like the Beginner's Guide, we might completely rewrite and then redirect, and that's okay too when people have that expectation. A lot of the content I deal with is content that sort of begs to be updated. And so things like the algo history where... I have to be in there every month or so and do these little tweaks, and people expect that to be, you know, basically up to date within a few days. So it's a little different challenge for us in that way. The other thing we've started to try and do is put in little dynamic pieces for things that might pull people back. So if we can find a way to get data into a post that potentially is something like a Moscast, where every day they go back and that data is a little different, could we get that piece to become evergreen? That's technically challenging because to put that kind of dynamic content in a static, you know, for our devs, we go, oh, well, now somebody's going to try and hack this and do. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of objections and that can be tough. But, I mean, that's kind of the frontier of the exciting part for me is to how do we take that content and maybe interject something that's new all the time. But I'm trying one now. Google pulled a answer box off of one of my posts. I have a post from 2011 called How Much Does Google Make? Where I tried to visualize it. And it... It's probably the most thumbed-down post I've ever written because some people thought it was really interesting and some people said, what does this have to do with SEL, right? Uh, But it's getting this answer box that's pulling a number from 2010 saying Google made $29 billion. And so we're trying to go in and put the new information at the top of the post in a way that's useful for people who come to it later without changing the nature of the post. But that might get us a new answer box where we're the definitive source for that how much do they make now? And maybe every year I update that little snippet and keep that alive in the SERP. So we're not just number one, but we're getting that little extra kick and that credibility. So right. now yeah, we're starting to play with more of that. If it's if it's clearly because I went to it and I typed that SERP and I said this is bad. You know this this is my post, but this is a bad answer. 
But instead of saying Google sucks, maybe I could just change it. You know, it's my content. They're taking it. Well, well they've given me control. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and for the listeners, uh, again, being SEO, I want to make sure I want to drag it back to a bit of the basics again. The answer box, is that the knowledge graph that the people are thinking of? This is the new answer box, and it's a little confusing because, you know, usually the answer boxes are the static answers like, when is Mother's Day? And you'll get a date, and that comes from the knowledge graph, the traditional knowledge graph from Freebase, these data sources. But now Google is starting to essentially extract answers from sites, and the difference is they'll look very similar. It's a gray box at the top, but you'll get an attribution link. So it's kind of semi-organic. It's usually coming from the top 10. So they'll think, this is a question that has an answer. We don't have it, but somebody in the top 10 does. We're going to pull that straight from their site. And you can talk about whether that's good and bad. That's a, I don't like what they've done. But if you're already there or a competitor's there or you're there with that information, then there's some argument to maybe I should make this better. And so we're starting to experiment with that. Yeah, and it is experimenting right now because really no one knows just how much you can... Uh, not going to use the M word, uh, not manipulate, uh, um, control. <laughs> How often do they pull that? Could you lose it if it, they take away the piece that they matched on? It's very, very keyword sensitive. It's very crude right now. So if you don't get the targeting right, could you just lose it completely? Would that be good in some cases not to <laughs> have an answer up there? So we're just starting. Those are pretty new still, just a couple months. And they're expanding. That's the big thing. They're expanding into more questions. So you're going to see more of that. Is there a, a, a um, sandbox anywhere that you know of where you can look at that further, or is it just one of those moving data uh, um, data centers? Yeah, yeah, we don't. We track it a little bit, but our data set, even within it, there's only a handful. Uh, so we're starting to figure out what kind of questions, a lot of those how, what kind of questions that have answers they'll look for. Uh, Rand gave the example today of like the recipes now. So how do I do this? How do I cook this? They'll actually show lists, and they're extracting that. So it's changing pretty rapidly. Uh, we don't know, you know, I'm playing with one right now where the page recached, but the answer didn't change. So we're trying to figure out, is that because the old answer is still on the page somewhere, or is that just because they have to refresh that data separately from the index, which is likely? Uh, and why is that question triggering an answer at all? We still don't really know. It's because it's still pretty small, but it's growing. Now, uh, again, I, I probably should have prefaced all this. Uh, Dr. Pete is, is really well known for your, your algorithmic um, monitoring. And, and what, what is the tool? Let's, I mean, let's sort of tie things up here. What's the tool that people should be aware of at, at, at Moz that, that handles this? So I run the MozCast project. It's at MozCast.com. And the core is sort of the weather report of how much Google has changed from day to day. And then recently we launched the feature graph, which essentially shows... Things like knowledge graph, answer boxes, local results, within our set, how prevalent are they? So we'll track things like the recent authorship change. If that starts to drop, we can see that from day to day within our set. So we're trying to get into that richer world of features and what's going on beyond the 10 blue links. So i got to ask, what, are you, what is your feeling about the, uh, the pay-per-click and authorship connection? Yeah, I'm torn. Actually, actually, I should say, first of all, what this is about is, and we did talk about it in the last show, but the uh, someone had potentially tied, he made a, a decent argument that um, Google had changed the reason that, they, or Google had taken away images in, in Google authorship and in, in, in results, in search results, and they took that away saying 
that they wanted to improve mobile results, I believe was the original goal. Was that? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after that was done, uh, they said, it, first of all, wouldn't wouldn't hurt anything, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Of course, when we, they first brought it out, I could have sworn I heard I don't know how many times it was better for click-throughs anyway. So they removed it, and uh, someone pulled, I forget the name. Uh, do, do you remember? Larry his? Kim pulled some day WordStream. Right. Yeah, Word, WordStream Larry Kim. And this is exactly what we talked about last week, but I'll just recap quickly. He found uh, some correlation, whether it is causation, who knows, here, but um, that uh, pay-per-click increased once authorship photos were taken out. So what do you think of that? It's hard because I, when Google first started reducing the author bios, what they said was that basically it was, they were too easy to get and they were showing a quality signal that wasn't real. And I think that's probably honest from the standpoint of it's saying that Google vouches for that in a way. If they put your picture there, they're kind of implying that they vouch for that. And it was getting so common that it was screwing up CTR and it was it was probably screwing up the algo because it was basically giving a boost to results that might not be good. So from a search quality perspective, I think that's true. But if it was really drawing these clicks, if it was really drawing attention, they're saying it's not, but then the original reason they gave was that too many people were clicking on it. So there's, there's a mismatch. You know, Both those things can't be true. So at the same time, was it also drawing away from ads? I think that's pretty plausible. Uh, and I don't think those two teams always talk, but that doesn't mean their goals aren't aligned. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think search quality is sitting there trying to boost ad CTR, but there's $60 billion in revenue that's trying to boost ad CTR, and that drives down. There might be some pressure. <laughs> yeah, there's pressure. No, there, of course. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Dr. Pete. It's very good to see you again. Sure. Yeah, and... Uh... SEO 101 will be back right after recess. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Hey, Buzz listeners. As a business owner, you labor for the love of it, and you don't always have time to worry about your website. With GoDaddy Managed WordPress, you don't have to. Simply create your WordPress site or migrate an existing site. GoDaddy will handle the hosting, setup, backups, and security, and keep your site running at blazing speed so you can share your passion with your customers. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code PRESS10 to get managed WordPress for a dollar a month plus a free domain. Some limitations apply, so see the website for details. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, this is Ross Dunn from SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. I am at MozCon 2014, and I'm joined today by Mark Traphagen. He is the Senior Director of Online Marketing. <laughs> I've got it right. i got it right. Uh, at uh, Stone Temple Consulting. So, hello, Mark. Hello, great to be with you, Ross, and thanks for inviting me to be on the show today. Thank you, and thank you for tolerating my camera, which I already died once here. So uh, it, everything looks good now. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at uh, Stone Temple? Sure. Like, I like to tell people I have the most meta job in our industry because I market a marketing agency. Um, Eric brought me in. We've, we've known each other for a while online, but he saw what I was doing. I was creating, and we realized like our hearts beat the same kind of in the, in the marketing world and what we believe in, what we do. Uh, he'd known that I'd built a certain amount of an audience online, and he wanted that connected with the Stone Temple brand. He said, you know, maybe an offer I absolutely couldn't refuse to work. Eric's one of the top people in our industry. I have tremendous respect for him, for Stone Temple. So uh, it was a match made in heaven. I've, I've been enjoying it ever since. Great. And, and you guys uh, do a Digital Marketing Answers uh, Hangout every week, and you also have another show as well. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Right. The Digital Marketing Answers Show is on Tuesdays, usually at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, live hangout on air show where we answer people's questions about digital marketing live on the show. But our Digital Marketing Excellence Show, which is our older show, Eric's been doing that since last August, is where Eric interviews uh, some of the top people in the industry. We've had you know, Rand Fishkin on there, Cyrus Shepard from Moz. We've had Danny Sullivan, uh, all kinds of great people. On uh, to get, kind of go in deep into their brains and expose that to our audience. Great. Now, your topic today was Google+, which is, of course, where, what you're, I would say, most known for. Yeah, and uh, 
getting into that, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of more technical questions, but let's just start with some of the S, the War 101 areas. So if a person's jumping into G- Google+, how would they start off with their page? Obviously, they've got to create a, a business page, if, assuming their business is here. Um, and where would they go from there? Well, the first you know, 101 thing that you really need to do is make sure that the, uh, your page is verified. Uh, it's a local page. You've got to do that through Google, local Google Places, Google My Business now. They, they change the name about every other week. But um, make that local connection. But if it's a regular uh, brand page representing just, just a, a brand that's online, uh, then the connection is much simpler. You know, just have a two-way link between the brand page and a link back from the home page of your site, and that will verify it, and that lets Google know that this is the home, the official home for your site, and that allows them to track the authority that flows through that. Uh, the second thing is to you know, keep getting content on that page, even if you don't have a following yet. It's important as you start to attract people to the page that they see that there's something there of substance and that there's something that they might then want to plus one or share, which that engagement builds your authority within Google+. Now, just not just within Google+, but the important thing, as I shared with the MozCon audience today, is that that authority then extends out through your followers into uh, Google personalized search, which means people searching while they're logged into their Google account, which Google tells us is more and more people all the time. So your, you know, your content, when, when people who follow you circle your brand, plus one it, share it, comment on it, it can become recommended content to people in their networks, their Google network, and actually show up higher in their search results. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And I know this is one of the more difficult questions. You had it asked today, and it's something that I deal with all the time for my own clients, and that is... Uh, Google Plus, everyone knows it's, it's going to have some power. Most people do what people do. But if they're too busy, what do they do? Are they, are they going to distract themselves from Facebook and some of the other platforms and focus on Google Plus? There's no, is there really any way to doing it half-assed, <laughs> to put it simply? Uh, well, just like most things in life, the answer to that is, is, is really no. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's been a, a belief out there, which is we've tested as false, and people think that you know, all you need just, just you know, have a Google Plus page at least, you know, and we'll get SEO benefit out of that. Well, it's better to have a Google Plus page than not to have one, but there, the benefit really comes as you, you, as I said earlier, as you build following, you build engagement. Uh, the strategy that I shared at, uh, at uh, MozCon today was one that we've worked with brands um, to use expert hangouts that are attractive because anybody in the world can watch a hangout. They don't have to be a Google Plus user. But then we use those hangouts uh, with a call to action in them to come into a dedicated community, right? You know, a community that was built on Google Plus for the topic. That community is associated with the brand, and Google sees that brand association. So the engagement on that community then translate as engagement for the brand. So the secret here is that even if those people, that's all they ever do on Google+, if they're in your brand's community and they're engaging with that, that's all you need to care about. They're working for you. That's great. And, and another question I get a lot is, is uh, about the content. Are you creating content originally for Google+, your page, or are you sharing content from your blog? Everyone gets a little exhausted thinking about how much content they have to write. And... Uh, I get some seriously nasty looks from clients when I say they need to write more content. So, you know, how do they get the most out of their content? I mean, it's a big question, I know, but get the most out of the content while using Google+, using Facebook, using all these things. But let's just focus on Google+, but how would they do it? Well, on Google+, uh, specifically, yes. I mean, obviously, you can share your content from elsewhere. You can link to it. 
uh, it's nice that you know now similar to Facebook that if you if you set up your blog posts. Uh, with a nice, you know, large image on it, typically that link will, if you link to it, that link will show up with a large full column image on there, which makes the post very attractive. But uh, again, you know, this is the maybe answer you don't want to hear, but if you're looking for the, you know, biggest bang for the buck, in our experience, in our testing, you see that um, regularly posting, it's not all you need to do, but regularly getting some original content up on Google+, you know, just Google+, centered content. People on Google+, really love that. Um, they say like you know this is something special for us. Longer form content you can get away with. The Google Plus audience seems to be more tolerant of that than on some other social networks. So you know we find we typically get the most engagement for that c- content that we create, and we make it clear to our audience like this is exclusive. You're just getting us on on Google Plus. Um, again, you know realize the time constraints. It's all to answer your your previous question maybe a little better. Um, you've, you've got to obviously set priorities based on your, your resources. But what I said to the MozCon audience today is that if search visibility, and especially highly targeted search visibility in Google, is one of your brand's priorities, then that should raise Google Plus a little higher on that, uh, that priority radar. Excellent. And <laughs> when it comes to uh, Google Plus and integrating it into your site, what are the main things someone should do to put it on you know, is there a widget they want to use? Is there um, a better widget to use? Anything along those lines? Well, um, as far as site integration, I think you know Google Plus itself. You look up if you look up uh, Google Plus brand page, um, you, you'll find uh, the links to their their own widgets that you can put on your site, and those certainly work very well. Um, they're they're set up exactly right to make the right connection. Uh, fundamentally, all you really need is to have one correct link from your uh, it could be from the homepage of your site. Um, so you can design that your own any way that you, you want to do it. As long as it links to the page and Google sees that, that verification, that's, that's the most important thing. One thing you can do uh, that can get rather creative, and we've done, is uh, you can embed Google Plus posts, live posts into a blog. So if you produce, you, know, you say, like, well, we spent a lot of time doing this original content on Google Plus. So we want to get more out of it. One thing you can do is put it on your blog as an embedded post. And people can just read it right on the blog there, but they can also, if they're logged into their Google account, they can interact real time with the post. They can do everything they did right if they were on the, so they can plus one it, they can comment on it, they can reshare it. Is that content, I haven't actually seen that, I don't think, recently, is that content spiderable that way? Obviously, it's Google Plus, so I mean Google, but yeah, it, it is actually on the page, is it? Uh, well, excuse me, I shouldn't say yes. It, it is iframed. Oh, okay. So that is, that is one thing. When we do that, we typically create enough uh, context, you know, content on the page around it, so that Google will understand what the page is about and things like that. So you kind of, you know, you're kind of cheating in that you're you're getting the benefit of that content, but you got you do have to put something else around it to optimize it. It's a good question. I, I think that'll be a popular popular mo- move. I think everyone wants to get a little extra out of everything. Yeah. So I think that's a great idea because I think it's personally even something I struggled with. I like to write. I haven't done a lot lately, but I wanted to, and I figured Google Plus would be the place to go. But I also didn't want to leave my bloggers out. So this is a great way to do it then. Yeah. Yeah, and you could also do, I guess, a snippet in your newsletter or something and then link to your Google Plus and really pull everyone in there. Absolutely. If people see that you are creating, um, and, and again, our most effective way has been, uh, been through the Hangout shows and then uh, dedicated communities. If people see there's something uh, to be gained in there that they're not going to get anywhere else, they want to do it. And then, But the communities, the number one question I get when we pitch that to brands is, well, why wouldn't we just be calling those people into a, a community or a forum on our own website? And so well, you can certainly do that, and that has its own obvious value. But the play here, remember what I said at the beginning, is search visibility. 
and to, to get that benefit from Google+. And by the way, we're seeing evidence that slowly but surely Google is turning up the knobs on brand pages in what, how much they're allowing them to influence, again, especially personalized search. So the way that you get that influence is by engagement. The communities are connected to your brand. Google sees that connection, and they count that engagement. It builds your, your brand page's authority. That's great. I'm, we're pretty proud. The SEO 101 community is, is I think, uh, just over 2,000 members now, and it's, it's strong, very strong. And thanks mostly to uh, a lot of really dedicated people in the community that I would never have thought would step up, but they're just doing an amazing job. And that's what's the power of those communities. It's, it's off the chart. Yeah, it's terrific. I, somebody, uh, somebody in the lunch line here asked me you know, about uh, how did they, because I, I run the Google Authorship and Author Rank community that now has over 26,000 members. And they said, you know, well, how did you get that kicked off? How did you get that started? And same thing. You know, we Thankfully, I had built some relationships with other people who, uh, other than myself, who are recognized online as kind of experts on Google authorship, and they speak at conferences about it. And I already had built a relationship with them so that when I started this, I invited them into the community, and I immediately made them moderators so they had some prominence in the community. And, you know, they, they helped get it started. They brought their audiences into it. Uh, and now, actually, a number of them are no longer really active in the community. It doesn't matter. The community runs itself. We've, we've had new experts emerge from within the community who've now, you know, built their own little followings by, because they're so helpful in that community. Now, one of the things uh, that's really big in the news right now, and it's something that you and I were talking about earlier, is the fact that Google removed uh, images from or authorship images from search results. And it's something we talked about with Dr. Pete also just yesterday. But what's your take on it? Well, uh, yeah, everybody has an opinion uh, on that one. And a lot of people, Moz immediately reached out to me and asked me to write uh, an article with you which you can find on their blog. Uh, about It's, it's called, uh, you know, Google, Google removes author photos. Does authorship have any value anymore? Uh, to answer my own question, you know, yes, it does. Authorship has not gone away. The authorship program at Google, uh, what's happened now, as you said, is the photos removed, but bylines remain. And the connection is still there. They're still tracking that data. Um, you know, I firmly believe, uh, I don't think what people call author rank is a thing yet, because I don't think Google has really built enough confidence in how they would measure and gain author authority, but it's something that they are very committed to, and it's coming. And if you're still connected to that, I think the value right now is that, that Google is able to much easier track what's happening with your content across the web, and uh, that data may someday come into play uh, to your benefit. Um, you know, I also think that the bylines may, in the long run, once people kind of get used to the author photos are no longer there, may begin to have a value more than people suspect. Um, without getting too deep or too geeky here, um, we found from, from eye-tracking studies that uh, when people don't right away come into a, a search and, and right away click on one of the top results, that means they, they see something in the title there, it's just like the top result just instantly doesn't look to them like, that's not really what I want that very often the next thing they look at is the, the meta description. I mean, this is why we tell brands, you know, even though meta description doesn't affect ranking, you should be creating for every page on your site, you know, a good, because um, that sells your post. You know, if people, people do look at that. Well, now when they look at that, they're going to see the byline because it's right there. And the byline psychologically says, oh, this was written by a real person. And I think people would prefer content that they think is written by a, a real person, even though the other stuff may be too. And uh, if, you know, and if you get, they get to know your name, uh, they're doing relevant search, then that's still going to have a value. You know, if they see, uh, they see content by, you know, by, oh, this is by Ross Dunn. You know, well, I want to read that. Well, great. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful having you on today. And uh, is there anything else? Uh, where, where are you going to be speaking next? Have you got anything coming up? Uh, the next one that's on the schedule right now is PubCon Las Vegas, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to. So, I um, mean, it's PubCon. It's Las Vegas. 
Win-win. Mark and I were talking about uh, how you do not want to be the first one in the morning after uh, PopCon ever. <laughs> unless you want to be a ghost room. <laughs> it's hurting. <laughs> unless you, unless you promise that you're bringing lots of analgesics. Uh, for your <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, everyone, check out uh, Stone Temple Consulting. Fantastic stuff. I'm a big fan of Eric Eng. And uh, actually, I have a testimonial, I think, in the art of SEO as well as one of the fans. So uh, it's a great book. And uh, what is the community you want to send people to if they want, more, if they want to ask questions or, or get involved? Well, if you're particularly interested in Google authorship, um, that's the community that you know we're most active in. So uh, just go on Google Plus and do a search at the top for Google authorship and author rank will come up number one. Actually, this is pretty cool, if you do a search on Google, even logged out, uh, for Google authorship and author rank, we're the number one result. Our community uh, on there is. I also, if you, if you follow me, run, look at my profile, we run a very active content marketing community, which is simply called content marketing on uh, Google Plus. Excellent. Wow. You can't beat that then. That's great. Well, thanks very much. And uh... and so ends episode one of my coverage for MozCon 2014. Stay tuned next week for a next set of interviews. Uh, if you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to do so on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com and reach John Carcutt via Twitter at John Carcutt. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on webmasterradio.fm. This has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.